It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This episode is supported by FX's Clipped, the scandalous story of the 2014 Clippers owner's racist remarks captured on tape and heard around the world. The series charts the tape's impact on a dysfunctional basketball organization striving to win against their reputation as the most cursed team in the league. Starring Lawrence Fishburne, Jackie Weaver, Cleopatra Coleman, and Ed O'Neill. FX's Clipped. Streaming June 4th, only on Hulu. No one is, 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 is more locked in. Thursday to Monday, no one is more locked into the NFL than First and Pod. Hosted by Danny Parkins and Andrew Filipponi. All right, thanks for hanging out. As always, First and Pod coming to you after a weird uh, Sunday night game with Dolphins and Patriots. An especially strange ending with a lateral pass to a lineman with a call being overturned on review. Conclusive video evidence. That big old number 69, strange, didn't get the uh the line to gain. I come away impressed with Tua and the page and the Dolphins more and more, man. That was uh that was a gritty win for a team that didn't have everything. The Patriots defense is really good. I continue to be very impressed by what I've seen from Tua through two weeks. Yeah, and more changing of the guard in the AFC East. You know, it's done for Belichick with this group. As in when I say done, I mean the Mac Jones, this array of offensive playmakers, which is to say they don't really have any. Right. And he's such a great defensive schemer. He had that amazing special teams play, which Collinsworth nailed. Everyone's going to try to replicate that now. So he's had like pretty good defensive game plans the last two weeks against the Eagles and Dolphins, explosive offenses at home, and it's not good enough. Because he's put so many eggs in the defensive basket. He's drafted for defense. He's signed for defense. And even with probably B-plus defensive efforts, Danny, he can't – the defense doesn't really beat offense in the NFL anymore. And he's like one of the last people that's had – I guess probably out of arrogance because he wants to win his way post-Brady. But to me, this is like a a, a rude – Uh, awakening for Belichick that he can have games that kind of go his way and he's still on the losing end of things because just the 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 players for the other teams are just too much and 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 he's as the GM of the team that's on him that he has not gotten more offensive coordinator was a step in the right direction but ultimately you can't beat the Miamis and Eagles of the world with the guys they have on the offensive side of the ball yeah, and I don't want to quibble with your grades, but I mean, if what we saw from Miami in week one was 466 yards and they had to grind out these 24 points tonight, I mean, to me, that's an A defensive effort. And he has stars on defense. I mean, Judon had, what, 15 sacks last year? He's a stud. Gonzalez, the kid from Oregon who they drafted, was all over the field tonight. That's what I mean. He's built the dominant defense, but that dominant defense has gotten him 0-2. No, absolutely. First time 0-2 since 2001 for the Patriots, and it doesn't feel like they're competitive. Uh, I don't think he's a quarterback away, though. You know, I, like it's it's devoid of playmakers. Stevenson is very good. He's a powerful runner, but he's not special. You know, it's not it's not Christian McCaffrey. It's not Kamara in his prime. It's not a dual threat. It's it's a passing league. I feel like this Patriots team would have gone like 11 and five or 12 and four if you teleported them back to 1996. It's it's kind of fun to watch. 
because it's a throwback team, but they, they won't be bad enough to get Drake May or Caleb Williams or anything like that. They're going to win seven games, but just because they're so well coached and the defense will get them and they'll, they'll cause some turnovers and come out ahead on a few of these games. But it's got to be a really frustrating place for Patriots fans to be. You're so competent and you're absolutely good enough to be competitive in every game, but not good enough to win anything that matters. Yeah, because you 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 did draft Mac Jones, but you have not used a high you used a high pick on Thornton in the second round to pick to, to take a wide receiver, but you didn't you haven't taken one of the first round. When Belichick does take a wide receiver early, the guy's typically a bust. He's tried to build the whole offense out of tight ends. His offensive line, the middle of it's good. The tackles are terrible. Uh, he doesn't want to, I guess, use the draft capital to trade for a wide receiver like Miami did or the team he lost to the week before in Philadelphia. They're just in a weird place. He's in a weird place. Like, there's a lot of, I think, attaboys for the Patriots being competitive in these two games because they, they, you know, they got down to both teams and they made games of it, but that's such a far cry from what the standard is in New England, where to be 0-2 with, with competitive losses to the Dolphins and Eagles just isn't good enough. And the schedule doesn't get any easier. They have the toughest schedule in the entire NFL. They're out. They're not making the playoffs. They're done. I agree. Um, the Dolphins side of it, I am really impressed, man. Like, sometimes I feel like we always start with the losing team because, you know, it's an old journalism mantra, like the, the more interesting stories in the losing locker room. If it room. leads, it leads. Yeah, but win a shootout against the Chargers, a team with playoff aspirations coming into the year, offensive explosion, getting them done through the air. Then in this game, gritty performance against the team that's going to statistically be for sure a top 10 defense, maybe a top five defense. Mostert, power, Tua under 300 yards, key third down conversions, uh, getting touchdowns on red zone trips, excellent ball placement consistently by Tua, maybe bailed out a little bit with uh, that that call on Jalen Waddle, which I think is a pretty letter of the law way that that call is enforced these days, even though Belichick was upset about it. But like that was workmanlike. My only big picture thought for Miami offensively was – I see that team with Waddle and Hill and Tua. And when those three guys are healthy and playing, I'm like, yeah, they can win the Super Bowl. But I wonder what would happen if you took one of them off the field. Like, it feels so reliant on those. Like, obviously, McDaniel and the scheme and the play calling and the motions and all of that. But it feels very reliant on superstar players. I don't know that they've got the depth on offense. Barrios has a nice catch, but like I don't think that the, the drop-off from the top two guys just seems so dramatic for them. Well, that's a big admission on your part to put Super Bowl and Tua in the same sentence. So I just it's want impressive our to watch, man. To like they that. just it's just it's it's impressive to watch. It really is if they're healthy. They're the AFC 49ers to me. I think that in terms of the offensive play calling an offensive scheme and what it does with the star players too. So it's perfect. They, they love the nerdy coach. It's very obvious to me. I thought that last year, the way things went with the two, a concussion, I thought the dude lost his swagger and his mojo. He's got it back. And it's not just the play design. It's the, it's what these guys are doing. Chubbs is Chubb is running downfield as a pass rusher to strip the ball from a guy. Tyree Kill is blocking. He's a willing blocker. Chase Claypool should watch some of that tape. Okay, yeah. like they're doing those things. That's that. That's a sign to me that they have complete buy-in. And I didn't know about nerdy Howard Wallowitz looking coach if he was going to get everybody on this team, especially the way last year and and ended to be all in. But they are. I mean, they've got they've got a lot going for them. They're two and zero, and they haven't played a home game yet. Yeah, and part of it is they're better than I thought, and now we'll get into the other games. The other AFC contenders all have massive question marks attached to them. Maybe none more so, and this is, again, guilty if it bleeds, it leads. I find the more interesting story in our lead game here in the losing locker room. 
How screwed are the 0-2 Bengals, Joe Burrow re-aggravating his calf injury? Very. And so just to make sure, I want to just ask you a quick question, then I'm going to give my take. What is the reporting we have right now at the time of this taping on his calf injury? What's the consensus? Last that I've seen, it's like, you know, not nothing to be to be to be determined. Unsure. The, the line seems to reflect. I think it's six and a half against the Rams. Line seems to reflect that he's going to play next. Week. I don't think he's right. I, I I they tried to chalk Week One up to the the weather and the rainy conditions in Cincinnati, and he couldn't get comfortable. And he doesn't like playing with a glove on his throwing hand, so he put it on. He took it off back and forth. Just the whole team looked discombobulated. Uh. Outside of like two drives, they went, for, by the way, they went six quarters without an offensive touchdown. They didn't score their first offensive touchdown of the season until the third quarter of this game. Burrow still looked like he wanted to get the ball out fast, like he was unsure of himself. Then they showed him after the game limping to the 50-yard line to congratulate the Ravens. I think it's bad. I think we're going to see. I think there's a better chance. I'll go on record right now. I think there's a better chance he misses games then they win a playoff game. I think their season low key might be effed. And I don't think it's like last year when they started 0-2. Well, that was what I was going to say. I mean, they've carried it like that they've got so much faith because they deserve it. They've won at Arrowhead. They've won playoff games. They've won on the road. They've started 0-2 and bounced back. They brought back their star players. Their quarterback said the window is as long as I'm here. They signed contracts. Like they're not going to panic, but if Burroughs hurt and you've got two division losses, the AFC doesn't look as tough as we thought it was, you know, two weeks ago. So maybe that has something that uh, is good for them. Uh, And the next three games for the Bengals, Rams, Titans, Cardinals, that's about as soft as you could ask for, you know? So, like, I I, I think they're okay, but they're teetering. Titans defense is good. That game's on the road. Rams better than a lot of us thought. Uh, that's certainly no sure thing. But they absolutely could be 0-4. And if Burrow's out, it's a huge problem for them, obviously. But I could see them limping to a three-game winning streak here and Burrow getting his feet up from under him. I, I I could see that just because of how the schedule breaks. But I don't I don't know how he's going to heal. He's going to play through it. He's going to take hits. He's going to he's going to have to get treatment the entire year on this calf. We saw maybe what Aaron Rodgers' calf muscle or lack of calf strength did to that injury he had like um the schedule is what it is and he might try to gut it out and play, but I just don't think he's going to be right the entire year. I think he's going to need to either take a pretty extended break to try to heal it. I don't know if if you can even have surgery to repair something like that right now. It's a strain, so you can't. Like, I just don't I, – I think he's going to deal with this the entire year until the offseason. And I don't see Joe Burrow at less than 100% guiding the Bengals to anything more than an eight- or nine-win season. If he's not himself – no, he's I, the, most, I mean, I, listen, he's the I, biggest I underachieving quarterback through two games in the entire NFL. And he's got a reason for it. He's not healthy. Right. Now, I was very impressed with Lamar today. And it made no, it makes a lot of sense to me that this would be the type of thing that would build over the course of the year. Right? That he would improve as the year goes on. Whole new system, all new playmakers. Mark Andrews back after missing week one. You know what I mean? It it made a lot of sense to me that the second four games would be better than the first. And I thought that he looked more comfortable in this game than he did last game, even though the competition was tougher and they won handily against the Texans. So I was like, oh, is this a buy low spot for the Ravens? Chiefs don't look as dominant. Burrow hurt. Ravens 2-0. Bills obvious question marks. Jaguars shaky. The teams we thought... Not as good as this is a buy low spot. They're the second favorite in the AFC right now. The second favorite. Yeah. And and I so I wouldn't do that because you're not getting the value that you thought. And also, dude, they're 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl. It, it, it was masterful coaching from Harbaugh today. Clowney actually showed up and made some plays. 
but it's the same thing I just talked about with Burrow. I'm not sure he's going to make it through a full season, Lamar Jackson. He had to run it a lot more today to win the game. To his credit, he did it. Some of them were designed. They had no design runs all week. He kept it on a lot of those read option plays today. He scrambled for positive yards. I think he had a fumble that was called back. But overall, I thought he made a lot of good decisions for his second game in the offense. Flowers is a stud. Flowers might yeah. already be, I, I hate to say this because Andrews is the second tight end in the league, second best tight end in the league. I think Flowers is already his go-to guy. That bomb he threw up to him into double coverage, the kid came down with it. He's awesome. So I thought you're right. I thought it was a Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, a testament to both of those guys. But they already showed a lot of the... <laughs> I thought they showed a lot of the things that were a part of their offense, the fabric of their offense last year, which is run straight ahead with Gus Edwards, read option, and ask Lamar Jackson to run it 12 to 13 times. I'd be pumped if I was a Ravens fan. So would I. All right, next one. I got to ask you this one. Clipper, uh, Clippers. Charge, I'm seeing LAC on these notes. Chargers and Titans. Are the 0-2 Chargers somehow more screwed than the Bengals? So, you know I love Herbert and I fall for the Chargers every damn year. And Bosa's on the injury report and he plays. And Eckler he's didn't play. Uh, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the Stars played well and they lost. Well, Eckler wasn't there. I know. I know. I know that. But like the, the Stars who played, played well and they lose the game. Dude. It's not all coaching, but a huge part of it has to be. My guy, Brandon Staley, they're up 3 nothing. It's fourth and one from the Titans' 44-yard line. And he punts. What happened to my guy? Dude, that... Lovey Smith would go for that. Like, <laughs> what is going on? It's early in the game. It's three. This isn't like, oh, if we don't get it, the other team will have 50 seconds to get into field goal range before the end of the half. And like, you could like squint and see an explanation. Fourth and one, you're winning. It's early in the game. It's three nothing, and you're punting. He's broken. He is completely broken. And I don't know if you saw this stat. Uh, five losses with a double-digit lead under Brandon Staley since he's been the coach. That's unbelievable. I know, but I hate that you're doing this. And and I and I'm not I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue with you on the failings of the head coach, but this gets back to my biggest gripe with every conversation we have about the Chargers when they lose a game. It never falls back on Herbert. And, 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 and I'm not saying that it's Herbert's fault, but it just, it sticks you with want it my, to be. No, I don't. I just want him to be critiqued and analyzed like the rest of the franchise quarterbacks. Even if it's unfair to Dak Prescott or Kirk Cousins or Josh Allen, when they lose games like this, they get blamed for it. And, you know, people Herbert might was think that... Good. He was good today. Pony, Not... no, no turnovers, 300 yards, two touchdowns. He's throwing balls that are like unbelievable back corner of the end zone. Guy yes, can't drag his I toes. I saw that it's... highlight. I, but I saw the one that he, the second touchdown he threw to Keenan Allen which was a vintage Herbert fadeaway jump shot. Just fastball right in there, mixing sports metaphors for a touchdown. Like, like I know. He's but, not the problem. He just isn't. But Danny, he's 0-2 in I, games that they should have won. I don't know what to tell you. He's not the problem. Well, but uh, but I'm saying that with every other franchise quarterback, that would at least be the debate. How much of this is on the quarterback? And it just, the, that criticism never sticks to this guy. 
Yeah. Uh, where, like, if you were starting a team, is this a Mike Vrabel question? Yes. He's a top 10 coach. Okay. But that's, that's not a statement that's interesting. Like if you were starting a team and all 32 coaches are available, how many are taken before him? Cause I think you're taking a few like offensive scheme play caller guys for sure. Yep. But Mike Vrabel is 17 and 10 in That's games decided by three or fewer. Well, how points. about as an underdog? He's got more wins as an underdog since he's coming to the league of any coach. Um, he, his, his team performs, they overachieve and they win close games. Yeah. Uh, I would say that there's probably Shanahan, McVeigh, Andy Reid, McDaniel. Even yeah, I would I would put McDaniel Lafleur. Yeah, would would okay. So is he the first? Would, like, would you take him ahead of Belichick, Tomlin, Harbaugh? Mm, I would not put him ahead of Harbaugh. Uh, like, I'm wondering if the I'm wondering if Mike Vrabel is building I'd a case. Him, I'd, I'd put him ahead of Belichick and Tomlin right now. So he so he has a he has a case for best non offensive play calling head coach in the league. Yeah, with with John Harbaugh, who's a former special teams coach. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's really impressive. It's really impressive. So, I mean, I I'm, I'm with you. By the way, I I'd take him over Belichick and Tomlin, and I might take him over Harbaugh just based on the the sheer fact that Harbaugh has Lamar. This guy's doing it with Ryan Tannehill. Okay, ask me the next one. All right. Buffalo, Vegas. I wanted to put this higher in the show than the score indicated because they've had so many column inches uh, attributed to them. So many takes. Does the beatdown quiet the doubters? Not really. I'm going to do what you did to me on the last show. You beat the Raiders at home. You beat one of the worst defenses in the entire NFL. Josh Allen looked like the MVP candidate, top five quarterback, Josh Allen, today. Uh, I give them credit because they got down 7 nothing very early in this game, and it didn't phase them. It did not. There was no, like, here we go again. What's wrong with us that seeped in? I think that's, I give Sean McDermott credit for that, that that didn't phase this team or, or rattle them whatsoever. And then from there, Allen was awesome. Uh, I see James Cook had huge had a huge game today. A lot of that probably came in the second half when the game was already over and they could just run the ball and not risk Josh Allen taking hits or getting injured. But I did I thought they would win handily today. I don't think I had them winning by four touchdowns. I want to see them in a game against a team that I think is a legit playoff team. Well, did you bet them? Because we said it was an easy bet on the last I did. recap pod last week. Okay, yeah, I did, I did too. I did too. I did. Um, I, I wanted to just like get ahead of this for you because I know this is the type of thing that you'll love. Assuming Buffalo beats Washington next week, in week four, Bills Dolphins will be buried at one Eastern because the 325 game will be Patriots Cowboys and Sunday Night Football is Chiefs Jets with Zach Wilson. When can they start to flex the Jets out of these games? I know. Dude, they have six of them. Six. Roger Goodell is, Roger Goodell is going to call Tom Brady <laughs> and beg him and pay him on the side in addition to what his contract is. Brady's used to having money funneled to him that's not on the books <laughs> uh, through TV 12 to come back. Why do you think that story popped up today that he, that his ownership stake in the Raiders hasn't officially gone through? Yeah, someone leaked Come that. On. Someone leaked that. Uh, I just the YouTube. If you don't, if you haven't signed up for the YouTube TV, like that, that might get me to get the Sunday ticket to watch every snap of that game in Week Four. I That's thought it just, was a bizarre move today that, and this is such a geeky thing, and I'll take thirty seconds to say it and. Maybe the the TV football nerds will appreciate it. I thought it was weird that they sent Harlan 
to Buffalo and not Cincinnati today. They had they had this is the CBS three game, and I had Andrew Catalan and Tiki Barber calling Bills and Ravens today. Like if you were ranking the AFC games, Bills wouldn't Raiders. you have Raven? Wouldn't you have Ravens and Bengals ahead of Bills Raiders? Yes. Okay. Yes, one hundred percent. Um, I associate Catalan with like AFC South football. <laughs> or like the second 325 game for you that is a West Coast game that most people don't get. Yeah, Cardinals, Broncos. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Falcons and Packers. Can the Falcons win 10-plus games, Danny? I think they can. I, I We were saying that you got to just pick an NFC South team, and I was trying to pick a team that wasn't the Saints, and I went back and forth on Atlanta and Carolina. Uh, last week, it was third and five, and they cowardly just turned around and did a straight handoff, and I took it as, like, they were scared – of Ritter it might be that if they would have just gained two yards they were going to go for it on fourth down and that they have that much faith in Bijan hyper aggressive fourth down calls uh today in field goal range to take the lead with two minutes and eight seconds left go for it on fourth and one because they didn't want to give the ball back to the Packers with that much time loved that Ritter had a touchdown run on fourth and four when they were down 12 earlier in the game. Bijan with 170 plus yards from scrimmage in just his second NFL game. Um, I don't think Ritter is very good at all. Like I, I think that what we were, you were, you were on this early in last year, that it's a great spot to go to for a quarterback and they just haven't gone out and got him yet. But Man, if they're going to coach that aggressively and they play all those games in domes, they'll get better as the year goes on. I hate myself because I think I was, I think I saw potential in Atlanta, but then just so many people, it was like a Black Friday sale when they open up the mall and just thousands of people storm in at once and like 45-year-old women get trampled because they want free bras from Victoria's Secret. Like so many people said that about the Falcons that they were going to be the surprise team this year that I'm like, F that I'm out. Like I just could not bring myself to get swept up in that after I felt like I was, I landed on that moon before anybody else. And now I'm kicking myself because I thoroughly enjoy watching this team. I think they're one of the most entertaining teams in the entire league. They do it so differently. Ritter, I think is, is actually okay for Smith because I do see a lot of Tannehill in him. Like, I think that he's a poor man's Tannehill. And obviously, Arthur Smith won in Tennessee with him with Derrick Henry in the big backs when he was calling the plays there. B. 
because he's a mobile quarterback and they're going to ask him to make the most of like 20 throws tops. So, yeah, I mean, today he, was 32 attempts, but obviously they were down. Double they were down. Yeah, exactly. So the game script called yeah. for something different, but between London and Pitts and the running backs and the offensive line is pretty good. And they brought Bates in and Campbell on defense. Uh, I, I was, I, I, I picked them to win this game and I'm hoping that they are a story throughout the season because I like watching this positionless football and these offensive minds cook up ways to win without it being like, okay, here's great quarterback that gives you a huge edge over everybody. And, you know, the league is basically built to win with those teams. I like that this team's doing it different. I'm a fan. I like Atlanta. They're one of my, they're one of my adopted teams this year. So I complimented Jordan Love on Twitter and like a hundred Bears fans came after me. Oh, he only had 150 yards. They ended up losing. If I was going to ask you to name the four best offensive players on the Packers, in some order, you would say David Bakhtiari, Christian Watson, Elton Jenkins, Aaron Jones. All missed the game. Three miss the game entirely. One gets hurt in the game. Yep. And the dude has no turnovers and throws three touchdowns on the road. Yes, it's only 150 yards passing. Yes, they lose. But that dude has a lot of poise. But those are unquestionably the four best offensive players on the Packers. You cannot make an argument for anyone else to even crack the top four. And... He totally unfazed, totally unfazed. It's sickening and disgusting as a Bears fan. But that dude has a incredibly high floor. I'm disgusted by the entire thing, but I have to give him credit. Very, very, very impressive from Jordan Love today. Very impressive. I hate it. I hate it here. Um, Chiefs Jaguars. Probably lower in the rundown than we would have expected given the preseason hype and the quarterback matchup. Even in a win, do you see something being wrong with the Chiefs? I'm going to take a different tact than I did after the Detroit game. If I'm if I'm the Chiefs, if I'm doing radio in Kansas City tomorrow, I'm going on the air and saying we're winning the Super Bowl again, or at least going back to one. That would be my reaction. I would feel so unbelievably good about this team because of what we just touched on before with Burrow looking like this cap thing is going to be a real problem the entire season. And they just won there in Jacksonville with defense. They held this offense to nine points. I would be so giddy because I think to myself, Andy Reid will figure it out. It was Kelsey's first game back. He did catch a touchdown, by the way. You know, we're supposed to be a team that wins first to 28, first to 30 games. And two games in, we've held Detroit to what was really 14 points because one of the touchdowns was a pick six, and we held Jacksonville to nine. I mean, that is that that's a that's an unbelievably good start. Steve Spagnolo, give that dude major props. That they well, Chris Jones was great. Chris Jones was great. Five pressures and a sack and a sack. Bolton and Sneed are both legitimate difference-making defensive players. So it does seem like they are building a pretty solid defense. And obviously today's defensive performance was incredible. But the other thing, because I I agree with you, uh, I asked the question that way, but I would have answered it and said, they're going to be fine. Jones comes back, is dominant. Kelsey comes back, has a touchdown. Jawan Taylor, five penalties. They're big signing at tackle. Five penalties and is benched in his return to Jacksonville. Clean that up. Oof. They had 12 penalties as a team. Richie James muffed a punt. Justin Watson fumbled. These are not household names. These are not like the guys that you're going to be relying on for, you know what I mean, the whole the whole season. Like they played an unbelievably sloppy game. Beat a team who's supposed to be a contender on the road covered the spread, 
got their second and third best player back who both contributed in a big way. I think you got to feel pretty damn good. Exactly. That's why Jacksonville should feel sick. The Chiefs played for them probably a below the line subpar game and they came to oh, your house. Yeah, and they, they, beat they played you. A, a D plus C minus game, dude. They if played you, terribly. If, if you told Doug Peterson before the game, Kansas City's going to score 17 points. He's thinking he's handing out game ball game balls to Shad Khan after the game. He thinks that's a hundred percent a win. Yeah. So just if I I love Jacksonville, but it's further proof that they're still a ways for them to go. They're zero and three against Kansas City now in the last year plus, and they, they they faced a team today that was ripe for the taking, ripe for the picking. Okay, Seattle and Detroit. Here we go. The Parkins Bowl. Who was the bigger story in this game, Detroit or Seattle? I'm very interested in what you say. So I picked Detroit to go to the Super Bowl. Yes, you did. But you know I'm Team Geno Smith. I'm the captain of the Team Geno. Geno! <laughs> Dude, that's the bigger story. They scored 13 in the opener against the Rams. Arguably the most disappointing performance in week one, if not for the Bengals scoring three. The Lions defense is still not good. Okay, fine. Lions had extra rest. Lions were selling out. Waiting list. The blue ski masks. It's a terrible loss for Detroit. Undeniably as a five and a half point favorite. We'll get to that in a second. Detroit, and I know this is like, you can probably say this every game. Detroit wins the game easily, if not for turnovers. Montgomery had a bad fumble. Uh, at his own 20 or 25-yard line. Goff goes 380 passes without a pick, then throws a pick six. Like, Detroit could very easily say, hey, guys, we win the game if we don't shoot ourselves in the foot. But Geno Smith going on the road in that environment and not giving them the ball in overtime and having a nine-play, 75-yard game-winning drive in overtime, man, he looked awesome today. I, I said it after week one. I still expect that offense to be very good. I saw nothing today to change it, even though the Lions' defense is not very impressive. I thought that Geno Smith on the road, especially late, was the story of the game. The The best thing that happened to Detroit was that the entire division went winless this week. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, so that is the silver lining in all this for them. But I think the bigger story has to be them losing, and here's why. Seattle winning, I think, puts them back into the kind of tier that they were not projected to be in by most. I think the consensus was they take a step back this year, but you win a game like this. And the conclusion is Seattle is probably a wild card playoff team or a team that is competing for a wild card spot. Yeah. For Detroit, when you go to Kansas city and win, and you you close out last season by winning in Lambeau and, and ending Aaron Rodgers' Packers career. And you've all this hoopla and everything else. You gotta win your first home game, man. You just do. Like, I would think tomorrow in Detroit or today when people are listening to this podcast, the narrative there is gonna be same old Lions. And, you know, there'll be some people that try to probably fight and push back on that. Like, it happens. It was a really close game. It could have gone either way. But I would not want to be the guy that has Lions in the Super Bowl like you right now after today. I don't know, man. Like, Montgomery, you don't want guys to get hurt. But Gibbs is better than Montgomery. That's going to help them that he's going to have to get more touches. One game closer to Jamison Williams coming back. I know the offense wasn't the problem, but I still Danny, think the problem that, is you're comparing them to teams like San Francisco, Philadelphia, and Dallas. And when you true. lose a game like this, it's just harder to make that argument for them. Much harder. No question. No question. And which brings us to the Dallas Cowboys who absolutely curb stomped the Jets. I can give you some stats. They're plus 60 already in point differential. They're up 70 to 10. 
It's what it's the second best point differential over the last like 40 years through two games yep. to start a season. When everyone puts out their power rankings on Tuesday or Wednesday, should the Cowboys be number one across the board? No, I don't think so because they did beat two, the two New York teams, but I don't want that to get in the way of complimenting them. Okay. Like I don't think look at the opposition, consider who they beat the giants and a Zach Wilson led jets team and have that be used as weaponize that to disparage the Cowboys, which is a fun and easy thing to do because we are talking about games in September and not, January, which is usually where this team croaks and finds a way to lose games. But I, I, the, the, the reason why, other than the point differential, the reason why it's a, a compelling question is I just watched Dak Prescott, I think, play one of the best games of his career because it's against the Jets' defense. 31 of some, 38 passing for Dak today. He completed 12 in a row to start the game, which I think was a career high for him. He was in control against an amazing defense. Look at what that defense did to Josh Allen on Monday night. Now, I think emotionally the Jets were spent. Yep. I, that's why I bet Dallas big here. I had a good feeling about them. I just thought that the Jets poured too much into winning that game and coming back and beating Buffalo in overtime. But still, to do that against them, uh, Dak, where you could see him having a two or three turnover game against the Jets, no problem. He didn't. was mistake-free. And then the other thing, Danny, is not that this is like a re uh, revelatory take. Micah Parsons is the best defensive player in the NFL and has a very good chance of going down as one of the, I don't know, 20 best defensive players in the history of the league. He is yeah. effing awesome. And <laughs> he moves ridiculous. all over the place. Like, I felt so sorry for old-ass Dwayne Brown. Like, you could see the, like... The, the 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 look of despair on the guy's face. I can't, he's too young and athletic. I can't stop this person from beating me over and over again. It, it was, it, it, it was elder abuse, but it was a reminder of just how sick that guy is. Forced that fumble, picked it up and returned it, even though it came back. He's the, he, he's going to win defensive player of the year. I, I should lock in that bet. Actually, I shouldn't lock in that bet right now because he's probably the favorite and it's horrible value. But he he will, in my opinion, win that award. Hands down. See if I can pull it up for you right now. And you got to give Mike McCarthy an apology because he's doing a good job right now. Oh, he's doing it. Yeah, well, that, that was going to be one of the things. Like, Dak in week one, obviously he didn't need it. But it was what, like 17 pass attempts or something ridiculous? 20 pass attempts. Penalty at an extra point. Mike says, let's go for let's go for two instead. Yeah. How about that from Mike McCarthy? Your yeah, boy. dude. No, I know. Today, 38 pass attempts. I was I'm very impressed. Very, very impressed. I listen, I think that, like obviously Man, I everything is going against you. Jordan Love looks great. Mike McCarthy looks like Bill Walsh. <laughs> and we haven't even gotten to the Bears. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it hasn't <laughs> been a great run. Um, based on what they have accomplished in two games, like if you were going to just be like that simplistic with your power rankings, I do think they should be number one. You know, I, I'm not saying that they would be favored on a neutral field against every team in the NFL. I'm not saying I would pick them in a neutral field NFC championship game if such a thing existed against the Niners. But yep. based on what they've put on film through two games, they are the number one team. I'm giving serious thought to putting them ahead of Philadelphia right now. I'll go there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's really, really impressive uh, how they've looked. And Micah Parsons, I mean, in a league that has TJ Watt and the Bosa's and Miles Garrett, I mean, we got some pretty spectacular athletes as edge defenders. He feels like the closest thing the league has seen uh, to Lawrence Taylor since Lawrence Taylor. Like, he's just, and I mean, that includes Khalil Mack in his prime. You know what I mean? It, he is an absolute freak of nature. I, I can't disagree with anything you're saying. What's the next game? Uh, it's the Niners and Rams. And you have this Pakuna Makata guy listed here, the BYU wide receiver. Puka Nakua. 
Oh, yeah, thank you. <laughs> Who couldn't go? All right. I'll ask the question. Then. This is a weird one. But, okay. So he sets a rookie record. Two rookie records today. 15 catches in a game. Rookie record. Three dudes had 14. Saquon was one of them. And he's got 25 catches in his first two games of his career. Also a record. Does this prove that Cooper Cup is a system player? The well, let me, uh, I'm going to start by saying no. But I will say this guy caused me at the Pittsburgh Zoo today to punch myself. There was a Andrew Filipponi self, like masochistic moment where I just punched myself because I realized I made the conscious decision to start Romeo Dobbs over him on one of my fantasy football teams. You were so, at a zoo during the NFL games? Uh, yes, I was. Yes. Wow. Yeah, like this. With the phone <laughs> while walking around uh, orangutan exhibits, I was watching Bengals and Ravens. You know your daughter will remember that zoo trip. Yeah, that's why I was watching Bengals and Ravens while I was watch while I was walking around <laughs> today. Good for you. Man. Uh, so, uh, does it make Cooper Cup a system wide receiver? I mean, dude, those numbers are shockingly. I good. think it's about Stafford. No, I think Stafford. It's, it's no, it's got to be even about McVay, no, no, man. No, I'm saying Stafford, when he finds a guy he likes, he just throws the ball to the guy over and over again. Now, does that make Cooper Cup a system receiver? When when Stafford, when Stafford, look at what he did with, I know Calvin Johnson's an all-time monster, but yes, when he thinks somebody's a number one alpha receiver, the clear-cut guy in his first read, he just throws the ball to the person over and over and over again. That's his I MO. Just, I, this guy I came out be... of nowhere. I literally did not know who he was until week one. Did you? Of course not. But he wasn't even one of these guys where Peter King goes to Rams camp and says, or Peter Schrager says, my breakout guy is Pakuna Makata or whatever the fuck the guy's name is. Like he literally, he came out of nowhere, man. Yeah. it. I, I think it's a testament to McVay. I do think it's a testament to the offense. I wrote the question, like, not to slander Cooper Cup, but just like they're him. not I don't care. Well, no, but I'm just saying they're they're not they're not missing him. Yeah, the, you know what I mean. That they well, it's not worth- like Cooper Cup was the first round pick. I mean, he went to Eastern Washington and was a middle round guy. Which that's is the same what I'm saying. Is. Yeah, that's right. what I'm saying. It's it. The Rams are not missing Cooper Cup. You watch this guy's highlights. It's the same thing. It's. Short area quickness. He's getting open immediately. It's in out little like option routes. Like it's, it's the same thing. I love McVay. It's just, it still boggles my mind how quick people were in our business to give up on the guy after one year where they were beset by all kinds of crazy injuries and had made all kinds of deals with the football devil to make sure that they won a Super Bowl by trading picks for guys to help them win now. And they had to reset last year. They took their medicine and everybody was like out on this guy. Oh, he doesn't really care about coaching. He has other interests. He wants to get into the media. The dude cooks. He's, he's the friggin' what's his name? Heisenberg. Yes. That this guy is just a mad scientist. I friggin' love him. I would trade Mike Tomlin for him in a damn second. I, I love McVay. And I mean, they lost the game. It should be noted, but well, the still. Niners were the, the Niners were a big favorite, and I just watched my team look like they weren't even in the same sport with the Niners. And then Kyrene Williams and Puka Nakua are making huge plays and playing a competitive game against them today. And shout out to McVeigh for the basically as time expires field goal at the end. For the push slash cover. We've had two of them to start the year. Mike Vrabel and him. Yeah, very impressive. Hall of Fame efforts for the gamblers. Giants Cardinals. Giants win, crazy comeback. Got to talk Daniel Jones and all of it. But are we sure the Cardinals are tanking? Nance is going to get in trouble. Did you hear what he said? No. 
Oh, wait, I think it, it. I think it was. It was Nance. You didn't hear what Nance said. When Nance was on the Cowboys Jets game, what did he say? I know, but they broke in. You know, James Brown came in and said, "Here's the Graham Gano field goal. They eclipse. They come back from twenty-eight-seven to win thirty-one-twenty-eight. And Nance was like, "Giants fans loving it, and so are Cardinals fans." And then, like, took like twenty seconds to talk about Caleb Williams. And how that's what Cardinals fans really want, which is to, which is accurate, but it's 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 the it's the game of the week, and Goodell's watching, and you know there was probably a friggin' text message that got fired up off over that because that's the last thing he wants is for his his A team to be talking about teams celebrating losses this early in the season. They're plucky, man. Reminds me of the Falcons last year and reminds me of that Brian Flores Miami team with Ryan Fitzpatrick that was built to fail too. Yeah, they're plucky. Um, All 31 points for the Giants in the second half. The first comeback of 21 or more for the Giants since 1949, which allowed for this graphic to be put up. The Bears have the longest streak. The Bears haven't had a comeback of 21 or more points since 1925. 179 games where they have fallen down by three touchdowns. They have not come back. I think George Hallis was still coaching an NBA team on the side back then. We're two seasons away from a century (laughs) since they've had a three-touchdown comeback. This team is so pathetic. Uh, Daniel well, Jones looked awesome in the second half. You know, I was just going to ask you, if you were on WFAN tomorrow morning, what's, what would you say about this game as a like as somebody that covers the Giants? What would be your take on it? I'd say the Giants aren't good. That would be your tone? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah, you? You'd go on the air and say, you know what, amazing comeback, but this team sucks. That's what you would do? Okay. No way. I would not go there. Will this team make the playoffs? Well, I would say that I I would go on the air and say they saved their season. And I believe, even though it is Arizona, a team that's probably not trying to win, the players are trying to win, but the front office has built them to lose. Yes. Uh, I think I would go on the air and say, we could be talking, we could be eulogizing the Giants right now. We could be on the air talking about how this team is done. Stick a fork in them. It's, we're already moving on to 2024. If you can't beat this team and you lost to the Cowboys 40 to nothing, it's over. I do think this is the type of game that can galvanize a team. And you go back and you circle this game like the Giants get, got to nine wins. And do you remember in week two when they were on the brink of losing to a Cardinals team? It's not a competitive conference. Uh, they're not going to win the division. I don't know we if know I agree that. with that anymore. Oh, here we go. After two weeks. You're flip-flopping on that? Well, it's not a competitive conference. It's not as competitive as the AFC. Niners, Cowboys, Eagles, Lions. Those are playoff teams. Okay. Okay. I see you to put the Lions right in there before they have before they've proven it, but that's okay. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Uh NFC South winner. Yep. You think the Giants are one of the two next best teams? I don't think that there's do I would I uh would I vote them in ahead of the Packers or the Seahawks right now or the Rams? No. But they're in that mix with those teams. The Bucks and Commanders, those two and O teams, like they're alive. They're in it. They're they're not head and shoulders better. They're not necessarily worse. If they had lost this game, then you start to count how many wins are left on the schedule. Just the O and two math, we all know about it. So they avoided that. They survived today. Uh, by the way, I was curious. Cowboys and Eagles are. Both plus 105 to win the NFC East right now. When you were saying you'd put Dallas yeah. maybe ahead of Philly. 
which brings us to another NFC East team. Go ahead, ask this question. Oh, wait, I should ask it to you. I'm sorry. Yes. Based on how I phrased it, I apologize. You ready to agree with me that Washington at 2-0, and crazy comeback, can be a wild card team? No, I'm not there yet. Okay. I'm so friggin' pissed about this game. I really am. I'm so mad. Now, I did have a teaser where the Buccaneers, or the Buccaneers, the Broncos were getting seven and a half points. And so that Hail Mary oh, caused nice. them to cover for yeah. me. So that was gigantic. Um, but Did you see thing, our buddy Nick's bet, by the way? I did. I, I can't, I, I meant to congratulate him. I, Nick, I'm not even going to text you. You're probably listening to this 52 minutes in. What a great effing bet, my friend. For and anyone next- who didn't see it, he live bet 500 bucks, money line parlay, commanders and giants to win when they were down 14 and 18 points respectively, 500 bucks to win 21K. Uh, and, he, and he shipped it. Is there any way... Is there any video of his reaction when the Hail Mary play happened? Because I would pay to watch him fall apart there. But then 30 seconds later, the elation and joy comes back of watching uh, Russell Wilson uh, fail to complete that pass and convert that play. But what, what a badass bet by him. That was so cool. I saw that. To have, I did not have that faith in Washington. I think the Giants bet was really smart, but Washington is the second leg of it. The whole bet was smart, buddy. It won. Well, yeah, that's right. Fuck process. If you get the result, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, if you get the 21K, it's a good bet. Uh, I, if, if you are on the Washington bandwagon, I would not buy in now because the next two weeks are Bills and Eagles. So... 2-0. What's happened to this Denver defense? Uh, the, the Raiders did not score a lot of points in week one. It was 17. But they had a long drive at the end of the game to, to burn the clock and run the clock out, which included that bullshit, like, really dirty hit on Myers that concussed him. Yep. Then they let Jimmy Garoppolo scramble for a first down. And now you're giving up 35 points to one of the five worst offenses in the entire NFL. This this was a team last year that I mean, after lost, games, the, lost the coordinator to Carolina. Right. Lost the the tackle, right? Dr- Draymond Jones to what Seattle. Okay. Um yes, that's right. Um, but yeah, I not good. Not good. I don't I I I can't claim to have to know everything about what's happened to it. It's honestly maybe the first time in the Broncos, Russell Wilson era where he can walk into the locker room and say WTF. Yeah, I would advise against it, given what that ledger is at since he's been there. Uh, But hey, man, just telling you, Washington, they're plucky. All right, Bills, Eagles, maybe that's a couple of losses. I did not have you. I did not have the over and and plucky references by you on this podcast. This is now the second time. Bears, Falcons, Giants. Bears, Falcons, Giants are their fifth, sixth, and seventh games of the year. Washington could be five and two. Uh, Bears and Bucks. Speaking of which, how ugly is this going to get in Chicago? Around. 2 p.m. Central time on Monday afternoon. Dude, so when we did the podcast last week, I knew what my lead was going to be. I don't know what I'm going to say. I think you should start with that. I'm so you should just dis- say I'm at a loss right now. I'm thinking about it, dude. Like, I'm going to I'm gonna drop Owen off at uh, pre-K tomorrow. And then I'm going to rewatch the game oh. and see if something comes to me that's profound. But I'm so utterly disgusted. That's the pro- that is profound. This team, you, there's so many negative things that for you to isolate or hone in on any one of them is a 
sounds like a very difficult task where it's dude really i put out a poll question after the game like but not right after four hours after the game put out a poll question on twitter if i define franchise quarterback as simply they will pick up his fifth year option and it is more likely than not that he would sign another contract with the team yep is justin fields the bears franchise quarterback at last check with thousands of response of votes. Congratulations on all your success. 88% say no. Do you disagree with them right now? No, how could you? Yep. The guy holds on to the ball for an eternity. Danny, I don't think they're and I I I empathize with you because it sucks when you're in this quarterback. I was blessed to watch Ben for all those years. Uh, don't take that for granted when you think you have a, a new one like that, that glee that you get where it's like, I'm going to get to watch this guy for the next 15 years, do his thing. We're set at quarterback. I, I knew you were going through that last year. You thought you had your guy. I thought you had your guy. Like just, I watched the highlights with fields and was convinced that he was going to be one of the breakout stars in the NFL this season. Um, I'm very disturbed by a lot of what's Mike Evans I'm um, still running. I mean, just the defensive breakdowns from a defensive coach, even though I may, I guess they don't have the personnel on that side of the ball yet. Uh, but they've got coach enough. Him up. And, but, but the story's, I mean, do you know, honestly, Danny, though, the story's fields. Of course the, it is. It's not complicated. The story's that this quarterback, did they make the right decision trading that pick? I mean, Obviously, it doesn't look like it. But maybe they're going to be the worst team in the NFL. Dude, I can't go through another season already talking about Caleb Williams and losing out. I threw a party on the air. That's... You're going to have to lean into that sooner or or later. You might as well get there before your... uh, Before your peers. And just own it. I wore a boa and spent $200 on balloons and threw a QB1 party after a loss last year, claiming that the Bears had their uh, so quarterback. So you thought Trubisky was going to be a great port- quarterback. Take your L and move on. Do a show in a USC Caleb Williams jersey. Spell, spend 200 bucks on that. That'll get clicks. That will get that would get clicks. <laughs> that would that would get clicks. Hey, but congratulations, Chase Claypool. You scored a garbage time touchdown. Yeah, and he had a few nice blocks. Whoop the fucking do. Uh we have to talk about the Colts and Texans because the whole point of this podcast is every team and every game. You wrote both rookie quarterbacks deserve praise here. Which one more so? Okay. So Richardson has now left both games with an injury. Mm-hmm. This one more serious is concussion. Yeah, of course. But he is undeniably dynamic. And they won the game. Dude, like those designed runs, I don't want to say he looks like Fields because Fields was putting together the best running quarterback season we'd ever seen until he got hurt. But... Very, very impressive as a dual threat quarterback who also will stand in there and go through his reads. If I'm a Colts fan, I'm ecstatic. And C.J. Stroud threw for over 380 yards, which I'm pretty sure Justin Fields will never do in his career. And he did it in his (laughs) second game. Now, he threw the ball, I think, like 47 times or something Whatever. It would take Justin Fields 7,500 attempts to throw for It's interesting that you say that because my takeaway from this game was going to be, I think the Texans are the worst run team in the entire league. And I know you're you're losing your mind with the Bears. And Arizona has a ownership family that has produced like 10 winning seasons in 100 years. Like there's a lot of poorly run teams. But... What the Texans did after they drafted Stroud to get Anderson and what they gave up. And if I'm going to power rank the quarterbacks in this draft, I'm not putting Stroud 
ahead of Richardson. I'd rather have Richardson than, than Stroud. So that would bug the hell out of me. Like, I just watched this guy come into my building, beat us. He's in our division. We're going to have to see him twice a year. We don't have our first round pick. I'm banking on Stroud. You keep saying he is a mobile quarterback. I'm not seeing it. I don't see dual threat quarterback. I see a guy that stands in the pocket like he's Mac Jones. So I don't know. Like, I just think, I think that I think the GM will get fired there after this season. Uh, I think they're just going to be in a really bad place for a long time. All right. Well, we're over an hour. So are your okay. Steelers going to win on Monday night? Yo, you don't want to do Saints Panthers? Oh, I didn't write a question for that game. You want to just make? Oh, okay. Well, okay. I'll, I mean, okay. I'll make one. I, oh, I, I asked I'll, about the later game first. You're right. Sorry. I'll make one up. What do you make of this Monday night doubleheader, where it's not even early game, late game? It's basically two games that get played at the same time. It's happening this week and next week. I think the whole purpose is to like showcase that they are putting games on ABC. I tune into ESPN now to watch Monday Night Football, and the whole time they will be saying, and by the way, there's another game on ABC. Did you know we're putting football games on ABC now? And then on Tuesday, Andrew Marchand or Mike McCarthy or Richard Deitch or all of them are going to have the combined number of what ESPN's number was and what the ABC number was. And they'll be able to say most watched football. Man, that's game. a real inside baseball answer. I was not expecting that, but maybe you're right. I, I just think I think they're in the Super Bowl rotation. I think I think that it's about I think it's about propping Do up. Do you like having two games to flip back and forth to? Would you rather have one early and one late? Uh no, flip back and forth. Okay. I, I can't be staying up. Dude, football season's so tiring. I'm already exhausted. My wife hates football season. Yeah. Oh, really? Breaking news. (laughs) A wife hating football season. And you say, you know what? You like our house? Yeah. The only reason our our stupid jobs exist is because of people's interest in football. Um, Are my Steelers going to win? They better, and they should. Uh, They're they're an underdog. Yep. I know. But Amari Cooper's not going to play in this game now. Not that he's like a game breaker or this anything like that. This feels like a week one overreaction to me. It it feels like these are the types of games Mike Tomlin has paid $15 million to win. Your team's coming off a bad loss. It's your little brother in your building. You've beaten the crap out of them for decades. They haven't won a regular season game in Pittsburgh since 03. You're, you're a better coach than Stefanski. Yeah, you've got some injuries on defense, but so what? You still have TJ Watt. Their right tackle Conklin's out. Find a way to win the game, man. Like that's that's the steel. That's been the Steelers' mantra these last three three or four years here, where they're they find ways to get to nine or ten wins, and it's usually not in pretty fashion. Uh, you can't start zero and two with two home losses, and one of them is to a team that you need to finish ahead of in the division to make the playoffs. So, yeah, I'm picking them to win. All right. All right, bro. Good stuff. Thanks to Spencer Ray. We'll talk to you after Thursday night football. Tell a friend. Subscribe. First in pod. Peace.